Hey, Packaging Peeps, it's Valerie Montes on Packaging Unboxed. Thanks for joining me today. Today, I am replaying an episode from Tommy Bondi and Frida Anderson. They went ahead and thankfully, they invited me on to their podcast to discuss artificial intelligence. Their podcast is called Package Inc. We got into artificial intelligence, packaging design, education, and then really into some Pantone color versus lab conversation, which we kind of nerded out on color. Uh, I know it's a huge conversation point today with Pantone having left Adobe. So something you definitely want to listen to that's towards the end. All right. So real quick, we're going to talk about the packaging pact. And that is if you've listened to any episode, watched any of the YouTube videos, learned a single thing or grown your network from any of the shows that we put together, I want you to go right now to YouTube and click subscribe. That's what it costs to listen to Packaging Unboxed. Take a second, go click subscribe. That's the fee. I appreciate you doing that. We continue to grow and bring you more and more information on how to improve your packaging design. I want to take a quick second to thank our sponsors. I want to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors, idpdirect.com, whose luxury packaging manufacturing capabilities are insane. They've got solar powered, they've got algae inks, carbon negative inks. They got these guys are super heavy duty into sustainability. Something you want to take a look at if you're interested in buying packaging direct from a manufacturer without having a middleman involved. The other sponsor I want to talk to you about is packdora.com. You can go online, sign up for an annual membership. You can go on there, type in whatever type of packaging you want, whatever sizes you want, whatever materials you want, and you will be able to download editable die lines built for production. Um, it's a super helpful app. It's something you definitely want to check out if you're starting out in packaging or if you're doing it, if you've been doing packaging for a while, it saves you a ton of time. It saves me a ton of time. Check out packdora.com. Check out SpecRite, the number one platform for specification management. Not sure what board your box uses? Not sure how many colors or how much headspace your packaging requires? If you don't spec right, you'll guess wrong. Specright.com. Thanks so much. Let's get to the show. All kinds of cardboard box. What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? It loses its value if you take it out of the packaging. Evilio is a member of the Pent Awards Jury 2023 and has been working with brands like Michael Kors and Sonos, which of course makes both me and Frida curious on what kind of Swedish metal bands he likes. <laughs> but more about that later. Welcome, Evilio. How are your day today? Uh, I'm, it's, it's exciting. It's great. I'm super stoked to talk to you guys. Uh, I think, Tommy, we've, we've connected uh, over the last few years. You know, I wore my, my death metal packaging shirt today. You know, I'm ready to go. <laughs> It's wonderful. It's wonderful to have you here. And the question always comes up because you're, you're really far from us. I mean, you're in America, but uh, still in this podcast, we like to draw people close to each other. So we need to know when and why did you decide to become a packaging designer? Yeah, of course. So uh, I went to school to be a graphic designer. And as a graphic designer, you know, you, you're doing... You, know, you think you're going to do posters, right? When you go to school, you you want to do the death metal posters because that's <laughs> like what you see. You always see the cool band posters. I like, know I've got like a collection of posters on my wall over here. And you're like, that's what I want to do. And then you realize all the agencies that do those posters for the bands do it for free because nobody's paying them to do those posters, but it becomes work that they share. And then, you know, the other type of work that you do is like website design and ads. And it's not cool. I mean, people love doing that, but for me, it wasn't the most exciting. And I got a chance to do a package one time. They're like, does somebody want to create this box? 
And I went and I tore the box apart and I created a dine line and I made it. And once it was done, it was like this physical piece. It wasn't digital. You you couldn't change it. It wasn't like a piece of art on your wall. It was like a physical piece. They got people to buy something. And I could call my mom in Florida on the other side of the country and be like, go to the store. You can see my physical thing that I created. And then I fell in love with it. You know, and I always tell people that packaging is a, it's a superpower. It, you know, it traverses time and space because I can design something today, March, that's going to be on the market in December, right? So I have to think about what are the trends? What are the, you know, what is going to make somebody decide to buy something in December that I'm designing designing in March? And, you know, there's that time space thing, but then it could also be 2025 when I've designed something in 2023 that still has to convince people to buy something, right? When do you realize that the the, the chain of of uh, people is so long and, and yeah. so so um, how would you say it's it's so, <laughs> it's, it, so it's, just, it's just mixed, yeah, with people from all over the world and just in, in different industries. It's, it's crazy how many people touch packaging. So what was your first experience coming into packaging? Did you, I mean, from not having any, uh, you said making posters often for free or, or, or something like that. When do you realize it's time to make my, my, my state statement time to, time to, uh, wow. Words. <laughs> when is it time to say, say it in Swedish? Uh, när är det dags att ta betalt? Got it. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, when do you want uh, money? When do you, when do you need to be paid? When you want to get paid? Work? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I had a you know I had a, a job at a design agency. I was working there, um, but uh, again, it was doing a lot of like the flat design. It wasn't anything packaging. Um, once I got into once I made that box, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Then I, you know, I started my own uh, business out of my home. I was doing design for, you know, small local brands. But then there's like a lot of business cards, like little little things like that. But then every once in a while, I get to do a box. And then I got the opportunity to work with uh, a manufacturer that wanted to create an agency inside the manufacturing plant. And then I just took that and I built uh, an agency that then later sold um, and because it it grew so big in terms of an agency and just recognition here in the US, um, I was able to work in specifically packaging with beauty clients, um, you know, fashion clients, like a lot of really fun brands and and design teams. Uh, and that's really where where I I just one hundred percent just jumped into packaging. How how has your um because you have a you have some perspective or or not a lot of perspective in in the beginning when you start to create the box how print will unfold and how things will turn out once they've printed so yeah. what was your first uh, remark to print and how did you know that this is this is actually uh, you can control this once you have the knowledge of it yeah so i think um at the very very beginning when I was working with an agency in California, um, it was a really small agency and they brought me on just as like, as an assistant to assist everybody, whatever they needed. If they needed a coffee, that was me. Um, so you did anything, any, any kind of assignment, anything. Yeah. I was like the <laughs> very, very bottom. And, um, 
after about a year, they're like, you know what? You're all right. I was, I was learning from everybody as I was assisting them. But then after about a year, like, you know what? We have to cut your hours and we don't want to let you go. We're going to get you a job at our printer. So they're like, you're going to work with us on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday through Friday, you're going to work at this printer. I'm like, all right. They're like, this this will be great. It'll be good for you. You'll learn everything on the print side. So I spent three years working, um, you know, at a printer, helping load the press, helping cut the paper, learning about fiber direction, how to mix the inks, you know, how to output plates, um, you know, how to prep files. Like, you know, this was still when we were stripping. So, you know, you know, cutting the the Ruby list and and setting everything up. Um, It was kind of like the, during that transition of manual to digital. Um, So I, I spent three years doing that. And I think everything I learned there, I still use today. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. I mean, you, you get some really good views on how to, to manage packaging and how to manage, yeah, just normal print and how to create something which is really applicable in, in the end. Then, so yeah. what, what, what would you say to someone who is a student or trying to learn this? What, what's, what would be the most important thing to take notice of when you have an opportunity like that? I would, you know what, I think as a lot of the students uh, uh, that I work with, when they're ready to graduate, the first thing I want to do is they want to work at the big agency and they want to work at the big brand. And that's fun and everything. But I think as soon as you come out of school, I think everybody should go and work at a printer, learn how you make it before you design it. Because, you know, everybody that I talk to on the production side has so many great ideas of how to execute design, right? When the files come in, you're like, oh, you know what we can do? We can swap out these inks. We can change out this process. We can do, and they have all these wonderful ideas the designer didn't, didn't have. And it makes the design that much better. So if as a designer, you know some of the stuff in the back end, you can have a, a more intelligent conversation of how to execute your design uh, more beautifully. Wow. What is communist uh, uh, or what do you say? where you can be most uh, creative. What is the packaging you like to design them? That I can, that I can be the most creative with. Um, so I like, I love structure. So, um, it can be for anything really. As long as I can involve the geometry of the paper and the structure, Uh, I worked on, uh, packaging for a garage door opener and, it is the it is not the sexiest <laughs> product, but it required all of these folds and all of these like cutouts to put products in, and that was the biggest challenge. And I thought that that was so much fun, right? Because then you're you got you got like sheets of corrugate and you're cutting it and you're folding it and you're testing it. And you're putting it on a, on a plotter to cut it to test it. It's the challenge, right? It's like a puzzle that you're putting together. It's some kind of troubleshooting, right? Yeah, you, you enjoy the troubleshooting moment. Yeah. And, you know, uh, selfishly, you, you kind of feel like you're the only person that can solve that problem, right? Because you're the only one working on it. So you're like, I'm the only one that can do this. You know, nobody <laughs> else in the world can solve this problem. And it feels, you know, it's a, it's, you get this dopamine hit of like power you know, <laughs> over cardboard. Yeah, because that's, I'll think that's, an, I think it's a normal presumption that some, some student thinks that, oh, this is math, this is construction you know, yeah. parts, I don't know how to handle this. I mean, it's a lot of testing, just uh, clipping and cutting, right? Yeah. 
So yeah, bringing exactly. the pieces together, that's that's the fun thing. And once you've made it, it's like, wow. Yeah, no, that. And then I think the only other other area that feels the same is working on the production side with like, um, for example, I had a client that had all these beautiful paintings that were, they were all hand done with neon watercolors and everything. And they wanted to transfer that to packaging, right? They wanted to scan or photograph the image and then transfer it to packaging. Um, but of course, when you photograph it, you can, you know, it's, it's RGB and then you can change it to CMYK, but the CMYK is going to make the colors all boring and gross. Um, <laughs> so then it's like, okay, well, let's look at what colors are actually on the painting. Now let's find a combination of, because there's still price involved. So we only wanted to print four colors, but let's find four neon inks that I can, that I know when they combine are going to get us all these colors. So there was like blues in there. So I had to find a blue. There was a lot of greens in there, but also a lot of oranges. So then I'm like, okay, I need to find a, a beautiful yellow that's going to get me this green. But when I combine it with like a, a bright pink, it's going to get me this orange. And like that is the same thing, right? It's like you're a lot of trial and error, a lot of, you know, ordering inks and just, you know, overlapping them just to see how you're going to get close to that color. And again, you feel like I'm the only one in the world that can solve this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that can do it, but because you're the only one doing it, you feel like, oh, this is so important. But, you know, you're just printing ink on paper, but it feels so good to, to finish it. I mean, I mean, we were supposed to talk about some some artificial intelligence today, but I'm very, very <laughs> curious on on how do you tackle a brand owner with a brief which you don't really know what you feel for how, how are you trying to tackle that brief like wow this is a problem and i'm going to solve it what does motivate you um i don't know i think for me it's just it's it's like an adventure every project is an adventure right where you're just you're starting out there's always that very beginning where you're kind of a little bit nervous and then there's like the excitement of like actually solving it and then there's like the satisfaction of being done like, I think those are the three things that you experience with every project. Um, so I like going in with that nervous feeling at the very beginning and just being completely honest and saying, look, I don't know. I don't know where we're going to end up. Like, we're going to go on this together uh, and then we just kind of get started. Um, I remember sitting across the table from a client and this was like one of the biggest clients that I'd ever sat across the table from. And um, they were asking me all these questions about packaging and there was like a team of 10 people and it was just me on one one side of the table and then 10 of them on the other side so it's like intimidating and they're just asking questions about the, about packaging and print and how it's going to affect like e-commerce and like retail and i'm like i'm like i don't know you know <laughs> it's like i don't i don't know i'm like why don't you get me one of your boxes because they wanted me to redesign their packaging i'm like why don't you get me one of your boxes all right and then they went and they got me a box and then I put it in front of me and I said, look, this is the way that your customers are opening your box right now. And then I went through like every single stage. I'm like, they're holding it here, right? Which means that they're like, their thumbs are going to cover your logo when they open it because of the size of it. Um, when they lift it, it's going to take this long for the second piece of the box to drop out. And then when they, you know, you typically take that box and you push it behind it or you put it to the side and you know, you're, there's messaging on here, but when you flip it over, it's upside down. And like, I went through like every step. And then by the time I was done going through the whole pack, they're like, okay, we understand why you're the person that we want to work on this project. But, but during the whole interview part, while well, they were just talking and asking me questions, it was terrible, you know, because I'm trying to find the right answer. And 
Uh, but it's like, I'd rather just show you. And that's kind of like how I, I get into the beginning is I just, I, I, I just dive in is, is like, you know, what are we trying to get? How do we want somebody to feel? Do we want somebody to feel excited? Do we want to create anticipation uh, when it comes to packaging. And, you know, same thing goes for print. Right, print has the power to create all those emotions as well. So, like, what are those emotions that we're after? It's 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 it really makes you think. What's fundamental when you meet the client? Yeah. So, um, we were saying we were going to speak some about artificial intelligence, of, yeah. of course, because <laughs> it has turned the world upside down. Just just from being in a pandemic mist, then all of a sudden. Uh, chat GPT, mid journey, all kinds of AI turns up. And of course, as packaging designers, we want to know what is going on and, and how should we tackle this? Because it's a lot of negativity, but there's also a lot of positivism about using an artificial intelligence in your work. So how are you preparing for this, Sevilio? Oh, I'm, I'm 100%. Uh, you know, I jumped right into the, the deep end of, of AI at this point. Um, so I have a, a packaging AI, which is uh, on LinkedIn. You know, I'm posting new new packaging developed with AI on uh, on LinkedIn every day. There's a lot of people that are asking a lot of questions, which is really cool. There are agencies that are you know design agencies that reach out and they're like, hey, can you can you do a um, a class? Can you give us an hour long class on how to use AI for packaging? But don't tell anybody. Right? That's the big. That's the big thing. Every agency is like, come teach us, but don't tell anybody that you're teaching us because we're not supposed. You know, customers don't want. They don't want customers, their clients, to know that they're using AI for design, because everybody's afraid that then the client will say, "Well, you're charging too much if you're having the machines do it for you." Oh, everybody's so worried a, about the price. It's a bit of taboo for, for using AI. I guess not for me. But I, I guess like if you're an agency where you have, you know, 40 people on staff and now you're using AI, I customer, guess they're, they're afraid the customers are going to think you're being charged too much because now the machine's doing it for you. But that's not really the way that it works. But that's the yeah. fear. But are, I think, aren't we worth that? I mean, we make posters for free. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. If there's an AI taking care of this process now, maybe something good comes out of it. I mean, maybe we can do something done fast. But, so yeah. have you been using AI yourself to, to troubleshoot some for packaging or structural design maybe? Um, what I'm using, what I'm actually using it for at the moment is building mood boards, right? That's, that's where um, I'm really using it. Not so much creating concept, like concepts for customers, um, but I am developing concepts for that packaging AI on LinkedIn just because it's fun to create random stuff. Um, the last thing I've posted was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Chris Doe. He, he's, he's the founder of The Future on YouTube and they do all the stuff about design. He always wears his hat and it says, you know, it says God is a designer, right? <laughs> uh, and he talks about how, like, you know, how God is a designer sometimes. I'm not religious at all, but I thought it was funny. I'm like, okay, well, if God is a designer... What kind of packaging would you design? So then I had him, you know, I had Midjourney design, uh, wine, wine bottles, you know, wine glasses, like nails, like all sorts of stuff, random things designed by God. And they all kind of had like a similar look and feel like the packaging did, which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, so like that's developing concepts for fun. Actual using AI is when clients provide you a brief, a lot of the times they don't necessarily know where they want to go but they know where they don't want to go. 
Um, and sometimes as a designer, you're challenged to show them things that they don't want to see. Um, just to identify like, okay, this is not the right area. So with a mood board, you know, and I always use the example of when clients say, we want something really modern, right? Um, then you can create a, a modern, you can create multiple modern boards that tie into the rest of the brief and, and the rest of the strategy. And you can show it to them and go like, okay, like this is modern and then this is modern. And the customer will be like, oh, that's way too modern, right? Or that's <laughs> not modern enough, like whatever it is. Like, because again, they, they have a sense of where they want to go. So it allows you to show them. And what's great is you don't have to go to Pinterest and Google images to find all these images of existing packaging or existing items to show them. Because what happens is like, you know, if you show them like an Apple iPhone box um, and an iPad box, which is, you know, pretty modern contemporary, I guess you would say at this point, um, they then start to expect that their packaging is all look like that. Right. Uh So developing something completely new that doesn't exist, they can then react to that versus having in mind, like, you know, having that seed put in their head that, okay, our packaging is going to look like Apple. Yeah, I guess AI must be really good to to just sort out this is not good, this is good. I mean, it's a fast process. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fast. And that's what's really cool. You know, you can spend an hour and you can generate, you know, hundreds of images. What's in, the in challenge? Hour. What's the challenge making an AI image, really? Because what's your limitations when, when you work with it? What do you need for those who haven't seen it or even used it? Yeah, it it's um so the first thing is you need you need to create an account with Discord. Um, and once you create an account with Discord, you go to Midjourney and then you create an account with Midjourney and then they automatically link up together. And the way I explain it is Discord is like the telephone in um, the matrix, right? Midjourney is what actually generates the the AI, the images. Um, so that's the matrix. So if you want to talk to that one, you actually have to ca- talk to it through Discord. And then it generates it and then it sends it back to you via the same phone. Um, so you just need those two things. And then all you got to do is just use some words. Yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's really amazing because you didn't have... I thought that when computers were arriving in the 90s, I was a bit jealous because I haven't seen this breakthrough. So mm-hmm. by now, when AI comes, I hope it will turn the world around so I'll be able to see something that shakes people in the graphic yeah. industry again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must also tell Evilio that that uh, is it correct to say that you're a member of the package packaging deal? Or, yeah. or, or <laughs> what, what, how should we explain this? Yeah, we're the we're the packaging deal. That's uh, Corey and, and Adam and myself. Yeah, so so Corey Connors is uh, is focusing a lot on sustainability in his podcast, yeah. uh, the Sustainable Podcast, and then there's uh, Adam who is having the People of Packaging podcast yeah. and you yourself is having the packaging unboxed podcast so you're you're, you're the 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 uh, packaging heaven basically yeah. for <laughs> creators <laughs> yeah you know we we should uh the three of us should be competitors and we should not be friends but we are the best of friends and um you know we help each other everywhere every place that we can you know because packaging is packaging is really small and um there's really no space for competition if you're trying to move an industry forward like we all have the same goal but yeah, yeah it's a, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of we 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 worked together for maybe a year and a half maybe two years 
before we actually met in person, which I thought was really, you know, crazy. Like we became best friends before you even met, which is crazy <laughs> in today's age. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, well, I, I think it's, um, I believe for sustainability, if we just touch that question, I mean, is it hard to design durable packaging, which is also sustainable? Um, yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest challenges in sustainability with packaging today is the confusion, the amount of confusion that's out there in materials. Um, I was just having this email back and forth this morning with, uh, with an agency out of, um, out of the UK called Black Inks Project. And they did the um, Mr. Bailey Adidas shoes that were in the big um, mushroom mycelium box, um, which was like a, which is a really big hit last year. It was a really cool box. Um, first, it was like the largest mycelium box anybody's ever done at this point. Um, but just have, going back and forth with them on some materials, you know, I'm having questions around bioplastics. You know, there's a lot of films out there that say, for example, that they are plastic free plastic films. Yeah. You know, and that they're compostable and that you can laminate it to paper and that they degrade in the recycling process. But it's not exactly true. Like the way that it's communicated, the vision that you have in your mind of what's actually happening is not what's really happening. And that's where I think customers get, you know, clients and brands get really confused and they're picking materials based on this information. And then when you go to find out, you know, does it actually process the way it's supposed to? Not really. Um, so those, those are kind of, I think that's the biggest challenge in sustainability is just being 100% transparent and giving the customers, you know, giving the, the clients and the brands and agencies the right information to make the right decisions. Um, I think that's, that's the biggest challenge. Again, you know, when you see something that says that's got plastic on it and says it's plastic free, it's confusing. Yeah, I'll, we, we asked uh, Ron Alice uh, the question in the last episode, Rida. Uh, uh, he, he said that, um, what, would, what did we say? Fiber-based or, or, or plastic? And he was just, no single-use plastic, not at all. <laughs> so, but we also said that there, there is arguments for plastic. Do you, do you consider that plastic sometimes is necessary? Plastic is definitely necessary. I, you know, and I think sometimes uh, fiber-based is the wrong solution uh, in some instances as well. You know, it, it just, you have to look, first off, you have to look at the application um, and what, you know, what is the outcome, All right? So single use in the Western world, you know, we can't, we have the luxury to say we don't want to use single use. But if we go to, some other countries where single use actually allows food to be protected long enough and be durable enough where they don't have refrigeration, where they don't have these things to actually be, you know, maintain the food in a safe environment where they can then consume it in that single use. That, yeah, that's, that's a necessary. great point. That's a great point, yeah. really. Well, um, uh, we have to round off now. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, before we, before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you some questions. I want to ask you really quick. Wow. Yes. Yes. Pantone colors. I want to talk about inks um, <laughs> and color with, from a production standpoint, um, is Pantone the way that we should be headed or should we be headed towards lab colors? Wow. Um, I mean, 
for so many softwares during all years, Pantone has been a flagship amongst spot callers. Mm-hmm. I think we sometimes don't recall that there is actually a lot more spot callers, such as Toyo, right. RAL, or NCS, actually from Sweden. Uh, <laughs> but um, the value to these are how they are specified. So if Pantone colors are specified in spectral values, lab values, um, all different kinds of values, the more valuable they'll get. Mm-hmm. And then I'll think it's up to each and every one of us to decide what, which kind of library do we want to use for spot colors. If, uh, I mean, Adobe is a flagship, it's huge. So when, when Pantone goes out of Pan- Adobe, of course, there's going to be a discussion with Pantone because no mm-hmm. one takes the discussion with Adobe. Right. So uh, in this case, I believe that Pantone might want to get to work. They want <laughs> to show their muscles now and why we want to use Pantone. So if I were Pantone, I would give out all kinds of apps, all kinds of creativity, all kinds of targeted communication towards Adobe or other Mm -hmm. softwares to make sure that we can actually solve patch problems because that's what it is. It's guides that we can use when we try to figure out what kind of color we want. I guess if you buy a Pantone chart, you will never Mm -hmm. use it as much in print as you will do when you elaborate with the patches trying to find different contrasts or triocolometric mm-hmm. um, um, colors. So yeah. uh, I think the, the plain answer would be we need values. So can Pantone provide these easily? Then we'll use Pantone. So, okay, so if, uh, as a designer, when I'm selecting colors, P- Pantone's easy because I have a book, right? And yeah. I can find the color that I like. And then I can, you know, before you could pick it in the Adobe software. Now you can't, you know, I did a, a, a video on like on how to just create swatch colors, you know, swatches in uh, an illustrator and label them Pantone colors. Right? And people get are really confused by that. They're like, well, I don't have Pantone in here anymore. Like, how do I do it? Um, but really, it, it's, you know, Pantone is just a it's a it's just a guide. Yeah, um, but people think it's like it's the Bible. It's like, oh my gosh, this is this is the color, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm like, you can create, you know, you can create a, a swatch of of artwork, and the swatch could be green, like the color on screen could be green, but you could label it PMS 185 and it it's red, right? That's when you not- go to print, you're gonna output a plate that's gonna be labeled 185. You know, the printer will will probably call you and say, hey, your art is green, but you're asking for red, but if red's what you want you know it doesn't have to match because people are concerned well i can't make the red on my screen look exactly like the red on the chart it's like that's that's not how printing works the most (laughs) most critical part is that the printer has the updated color values in his ink formulation software so we know how to mix the ink at press exactly exactly and so you do that a lot you do that Uh, a lot right (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like um, what, yeah. what kind of software do you use to to mix inks? Um, the ink formulation. It is yeah. ink formulation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so when you get when you get a file for that, that has a PMS one eighty five, for example, how do you 
mix that ink? How do you determine how that's going to be mixed? Oh, uh, that I haven't tried so much, actually. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, but as I recall, Frida, you have yeah. you have the the ink values in the software, right? Yeah. 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 So we can mm. uh, try to reach the uh, same. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, you and Lulu were standing there just a couple of days ago. Oh, this uh, a gram of green. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the I'm the software guy, Emilio. I'm I'm the, the printer. <laughs> the they try guy. to keep me away from the dashboard when they print. So, <laughs> so I'll guess it's all about the values and how you get the values out there, so people yeah. know what value is behind this color. Yeah, and like you said, there's a lot of other. Uh, lab values actually yeah well, you, yeah you use lab values yeah yeah that's the one thing um design schools don't teach is lab all they teach is pantone and cmyk and people are intimidated by lab <laughs> yeah not it, yeah we're teaching <laughs> lab we're teaching lab <laughs> <laughs> that's great because that is that is the one that people are like oh my god I don't know how to, that's so super technical. Um, we need to get you here, Evilio. We need to get you to Sunna somehow. Let's and do we it. Make, we will make a podcast live from Brobe Grafiska in Sunna, Sweden. Let's do it. We'll do it in. Uh, we'll do it in April. I'll be in. Uh, I'll be close. I'll be in. I'll be in uh, Romania. Fantastic. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> so now we really have to get on with the questions, um, but. Um, before I say anything, it's yeah, Frida, you have you have the questions, right? Yeah, I have the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh, you have to guess what you think. It's is it a Swedish inventive or a metal band? All right, invention or a metal band? Yeah. Uh, so I say it in uh, Swedish. Uh, what is skiftnyckel? Metal band. <laughs> 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 it's uh inventive. It's a wrench. Oh, right. <laughs> so the wrench from Ian shopping in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the wrench that comes in all the IKEA stuff? Yeah, the the <laughs> the wrench you roll to to, to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What is the mustache? It's like a mustache. <laughs> it's a metal yeah. band. Yeah. No. It's the metal band. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it Meshuga? No, but but I mean Frida, I'll let you take this. Yeah, but it what do you mean? <laughs> oh, there's there's a metal band called Meshuga. So maybe I was pronouncing it wrong. No, no, I don't think it's uh, the right one. Okay. I think they call them mustache. Okay. Yeah, mustache. Yes, yes. You need to check that out, Emilio. Yes. <laughs> uh, what is sweet uh, ari? That's an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, also a band. It's um, translated. It's uh, very angry. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, what is tetrapack? 
Oh, that's unrecyclable uh, <laughs> paper cartons. <laughs> <laughs> Swedish invention from Lund. Yes. Yes. And the last one here. Uh, what is uh, rally pack? That's the uh, e-commerce box that rolls up. No. Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh. It's also banned. Oh, I was close. <laughs> um, that was all the questions. All yeah. right, so I got I got oh. ten out ten out of ten. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10, I'll guess. You, we need to look at moustache from here. Yes, we do. I'll have to hunt them down. So, Elidio, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the Packaging Inc. podcast. Um, we need to do some commercial in the end, and we want to inform everyone that Brubigrafiska is providing a uh, prototype platform, pilot platform for testing all kinds of material and resources in an eight-color uh, flexographic press. So we have a mid-web press of 1,200 millimeters to try out different kinds of material in, different kinds of solutions, and provided with this is also UV flatbed tables and cutting tables, uh, just so we can make sure that your products or, or potential prototypes will work in, in, the, in the industry. Um, and we, of course, invite everyone to seek out and contact Frida or me to be able to, to try out some at our amazing facilities in, in Sunne, Sweden. We're looking so much for you to come to us, Evilio. When, oh, when I'm excited. At Let's the do same it. time. <laughs> <laughs> we will also would like to uh, wish, you, um, wish you all all wish you a great journey whilst you're traveling with Pent Awards, right? Yes, yes. I'm super excited about that. I'll be in uh, I'll be in London for for judging uh, pretty soon. Awesome. So. <laughs> Thank you so much, Evilio. 